Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Work Insanity, a show about keeping your sanity while you work from home. I'm Tom Merritt. I've been working from home for 10 years, running my own podcasting business and writing novels. And I'm Patrick Beja. I've been working from home for over 10 years doing production and podcasts and more. Today, we're going to address some questions and thoughts some of you sent to us. Thanks for sending these. Keep them coming. Send us your questions on working from home to contact at workinsanity.net. Our first email comes from Jerry. Jerry says been working from home since late February, and for the most part, it has been going great. But there are a few coworkers who don't use headsets or mute themselves during meetings. Some type so loud it sounds like firecrackers, while others introduce feedback because they're not using headsets. How do you suggest we help people understand why using headsets are important and that not doing so can be very disruptive and distracting during meetings? This is this is a really fun one, which is also a little bit infuriating. Um, I think there are two ways of going about this. Either you tell them, and if they're coworkers, you might want to tell your manager, um, even though there have been probably guidelines that have been uh, uh, mentioned. Maybe it's worth mentioning them again, or you actually <laughs> serve them up with a little bit of their own medicine. And uh, <laughs> you know, that's probably not the best way to go about it. But you have to tell them. And maybe, you know, it's very delicate because it can be, it can be seen as a little bit obnoxious. But most people don't know that they're creating these issues because when you're on the other end of this thing, it doesn't affect you. Um, and so... If you're if you're not told about it, then you you don't realize that it's creating these issues. Yeah, this this is a tricky one because uh, and and Jerry uh, in his email uh, to to us said that that management had had emphasized the importance of wearing headsets, and some people just aren't doing it. So it's it's tricky because in in an office situation where you're there in person. Uh, it's hard enough, but you might be able to just kind of drop by somebody's desk and 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 you know politely bring it up. It's it's more difficult when you're dealing with email and text message and and stuff like that. Uh, you also may be dealing with people where you're not necessarily their colleague. Uh, they're they're in this meeting, but but you don't have a relationship with them. I think if it's a friend or someone you work with in other situations, it's easier to just approach them when you're talking to them one on one about something to say, hey, you know what? I I can hear your keyboard. You know, I don't know if you realize that. Uh, and there's 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 all kinds of polite ways to bring that up. But if you're not in a situation to communicate, I don't know, maybe and, and it depends on the situation you're in. You can bring it up during the conference, say, you know what? I'm sorry, I can't quite hear because somebody's keyboard is loud. Right. Like and, and just point it out when it's happening so that because people may not realize that it is a problem. They immediately say, oh, that's me. Sorry. I, I, I don't know. What do you think? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think bringing it up and not pointing to someone um, might be the best way of going about it. Because all of a sudden, usually my experience is that the people all of a sudden like freeze, the people who are typing freeze and like, oh, crap they're talking about me without mentioning my name, but I know it's, <laughs> it's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, they can mute themselves, but then they're, they're probably going to forget to unmute themselves. Um, a, a good way to go about it might also be for everyone, uh, for the person leading the meeting, if you have that, to before things even start, to remind people, uh, hey, if you you have a headset, please uh, can you put it on? I know it's a little bit annoying, but it makes things easier for everyone. Or, you know, mentioning it without pointing to someone specifically uh, might make it more dif difficult for them. During, if at the beginning of the meeting it's been said, remember not to type with your mic open um, or use a headset, and then seven minutes later someone is doing it, it's like, oh, you you can you know you can make them feel guilty about it a little bit more, <laughs> I guess. So, yeah, I mean it, it's tricky, right? You're like because you don't want to guilt trip someone, but you do want to make sure that they get the message. Uh, you can also yeah. mute people. the 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 leader of a meeting can can, can mute people in in most of these video conferencing uh, software. So that's a step that can be taken as well. Uh, you just you just got to do your best to get the message out there and know that there's always some people that just don't quite follow the rules that that's true when you're working from home as it is when you're working in person there is hope on the horizon uh some companies are trying to are starting to implement uh systems that filter out unwanted noises mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. a meeting google is doing this there's an nvidia thing that's happening but it's it's on the horizon it's not really happening to for every uh piece of software uh quite yet so if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Second question that comes from Ragnhild. I hope I pronounced that well. 
We uh, got that question asking, what do you do to take care of cybersecurity when working from home? That's a very good question. This is, this, is a, this is a great question because, you know, the employees are usually the vulnerability. If you don't realize that, uh, it, it, it's not usually the vulnerability in the software so much as it is the person who clicked on the link they shouldn't have. Uh, and so your security is more under your control when you work from home. Certainly if you're working for yourself, it's all under your control. Uh, and best practices remain best practices. Uh, one of the things you can do if you're in a leadership position is make sure that everybody you work with knows what those best practices are. But they're going to vary depending on your organization. But the general gist is uh, make sure that you're running antivirus. Uh, make sure it, whether it's Windows Defender uh, or something that that is provided by your company that you're running something that will try to catch stuff. Don't click on anything in email that you're not 100% sure is legitimate. That's how phishing scams work. They try to make yeah, you I think it's something legitimate. And so you have to be aware that if it's from someone you don't recognize or it's even from someone you recognize and you think it looks odd, like, why are they asking this? Uh, you know, be just, just be careful before you click. Uh, especially with links, if it says, you know, click here to log into your bank, maybe just go type in the URL yourself rather than clicking. Because again, those those URLs can be spoofed to take you somewhere that they shouldn't. I really want to emphasize this. Do not click. By default, just don't click on stuff. Just open, don't open attachments. Yep. So this is your default uh, uh approach to anything you get via email or social media or anything just don't do it don't click don't open if it is something that you think is from someone legitimate that you know and that is something that you you, you know they actually sent you because you need it or you required it then decide that you can break your rule on not clicking on anything and actually click but the default should be Wondering if it's necessary for you to click that link. And stay patched. Now, if you're working on an enterprise-deployed laptop, uh, it's likely that your IT department keeps you patched. Uh, it, it's in their best interest to do so. But again, when you're working from home, um, maybe those patches didn't get pushed or maybe you're on your own equipment. Uh, and so make sure that you uh, have got uh, the check mark in your settings to say automatically apply security updates if you're the kind of person who's not going to check all the time. Uh, make sure all the software that you're running for your work uh, and even for your non-work, if it's on the same machine as your work, is up to date, that it's constantly being patched, that you've checked and made sure I have the most recent version. Uh, because that's the next way that you can be the security vulnerability is by having an insecure piece of software running. Uh, and maybe you could have accidentally clicked on that bad link and it was blocked because you had a patch. But if you're not patched, then that vulnerability could happen. And you're trying to make it as as close to zero possibility as you can. You never get to, to 100% security, but you want to get as close as you possibly can. 
I think there are a couple of other things we could talk about. Uh, archiving your essential data is always important. That's general security things. It doesn't necessarily apply to work from home specifically. But again, as with everything else, it's more important when you work from home because it's it's possible that you won't have any other uh, um, way of doing that. So archiving your most essential data in case something happens. Um, it can be, you know, an online service or just copying to a hard drive uh, that you keep safe in your home. Um, using a VPN, mm-hmm. especially if you're going to work from a, a coffee house every once in a while, uh, using a VPN, very likely if your workplace doesn't provide you uh, with one, a VPN that you pay for. It's worth investing uh, however much it costs um, to have a secure VPN solution. And uh, from home, it might not be as important. But if you go work on public Wi-Fi and things like that, that's worth it. And encryption. Make sure that all of your disks are encrypted, uh, that your communications, any of the sensitive communications you're, you're using are encrypted wherever possible. Uh, you want to encrypt as many of the things uh, as you possibly can, uh, because if someone does get a hold of your data and it's encrypted, uh, then at least it's not any good to them. Uh, and, so, and so you want to take as many of those preventative measures as possible. Biggest one is stay patched. That's that's the one I will underline. And the next biggest one is don't open attachments. Don't click on things you shouldn't. All right. Our last question comes from John, who lives with his wife and two recently graduated children in a three-bedroom house. John writes... How can I make working from home with my family not feel like I'm dominating a space? We were just talking about setting up a desk in our bedroom for either of us to use when needed, but my wife didn't particularly like that idea. Any other thoughts? Fortunately, my church has let me use one of the small rooms during the week. We're still shut down here in Santa Clara County, so I do give her some space one day per week, meaning meaning his wife. But do you have any other suggestions? Uh, if we, we talked about, you know, if, if you're in a smaller area, you may not even have a whole room to yourself. But even when you do... Uh, that may be a disproportionate amount of the space if, if you've got a family living with you. I don't think there's any good answer to this. Um, you need a space. Uh, this is just, I think, John, you do need a, a space and it, it it has to be somewhere. And it is going to obviously, um, you know, create not create friction necessarily, but it is going to take over a part of the apartment. There's no, uh, that I can think of, there's no way to uh, prevent that. I used to work uh, in a one-bedroom apartment with my wife. We didn't have a kid at that point, although at some point we did, and that was not a fun uh, two or three months. But I had my, we had one bedroom, one small kitchen, and one living room. Um, and I had my desk. I worked from for years at my desk um, in the living room, and we had decided this is where I work. And it was we were trying to make it as uh, uh, non disruptive as possible, but it is disruptive. And um, you know, they. It's hard to to put it in those terms, but you as a family unit have to find a way to deal with that, I think, because I don't see any way uh, uh, around it. You have to define that space, you know, in the bedroom, it's this desk, and that's where 
I work and most of the day I'm going to be in there and the rest of the house is yours. Uh, your kids are graduated. So I feel like they're adult enough to understand the situation. Um, but yeah, you have to 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 have that uh, decision made and kind of stick to it, right? Yeah. No, I, I think, Patrick, you're you're the best one to address this because of that one-bedroom situation that, that you've experienced. I, I haven't had to experience anything quite as tight uh, as that. Uh, but but it's, it's about communication and it's about setting boundaries to say, like, I, I do need this. I realize you need that. Let's work with what we've got and try to try to figure it out. Uh, maybe the kids have some ideas. You know, maybe if you if you have the the family meeting, uh, you can put all your heads together and help. But uh, I'll throw this one out to the audience too. Contact at workinsanity.net if anybody's uh, got some good ideas that we can pass along uh, to John. Thank you, John, for writing. And we also got some other thoughts and tips from Fox in the audience, from folks in the audience. Thank you. So here's Big Jim, who sent us a voicemail. Hey, Tom, and bonjour, Monsieur Beja. It is I, Big Jim. Of course, you know I was going to call into this new show. This is a great idea. Here's my quick takes of things that I recommend. You guys were right on about the scheduling. I don't use a calendar for um, some of this, though. Some things like daily things like, hey, go home, or hey, go to lunch. Those things actually use an alarm on my phone, and here's why. I could be um, on a conference call, and I don't want a a calendar thing to come up and me just dismiss it, and then I'm forgetting about it. Whereas if it's on my phone, I'm going to naturally look at my phone. Okay, what's beeping? Why is this so important? So that's just my two cents. That's what's worked for me. Maybe something else will work for you, but hey, what are you going to do? We're all working in insanity. <laughs> yes, we're trying to work from insanity to sanity. Thank you, Jim. Uh, that, that's interesting. Using the alarm function for, for certain things, if, if you get that notification fatigue, it's, it's, a, it's a cool tip. Thank you again, Jim. Uh, and that's it for Work Insanity. We hope we helped you bring a little sanity to your work life from home. Keep those questions coming. Contact at workinsanity.net. I'm Patrick Beja. I'm not Patrick, in one word, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So you can follow me there. And I'm Tom Merritt. You can find me at tommerritt.net. And you can find both of us at workinsanity.net. Talk to you later. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.